You are now tuning in to Lex and RDDC Broadcast Station, serving up on the double doses for us all. Welcome back, everyone, to the Real Double Dose channel. This is your host, Lex, coming to you straight from the heart where the talk is real and the vibe is always live. Like we always say, thank you for tuning in with us because here, serving a slice of everyday life is what RDDC is all about. For any show requests, feedback, or anything under the sun that you can think of, Get a hold of us at Real Double Dose Channel at Yandex.com. That's Y-A-N-D-E-X.com. And as well as Real Double Dose Channel.blogspot.com. I will repeat it again and we have all the links available, but we do have the .com as well for Real Double Dose Channel for all your apparel and so much more that you've asked for and your free vacation giveaways with your gift card giveaways. Don't forget, we know COVID-19 is going on, but you still have claimed them. And all of you who are tuning in from all countries, and all states, I want to say thank you again to every country. And I know you guys get upset because I can't name Germany, Poland, UK, Ireland, all of them, Nigeria, Canada. I can't say them all, but I'm going to get a list and say them for, but we just want to say thank you for tuning in to Stitcher Radio, Spreaker.com, Blueberry.com, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, Deezer, Google Cast, and so much more. You can find those links also at SoundCloud and the dot blogspot. But without further ado, we're not going to hold you back any further because we have a wonderful guest expert speaker that we're just excited as on here to give us his information. And that is Dr. John Cruz. So we often think of attention deficit hyper, hyperactivity disorder as a condition that affects children. And I know this to be definitely not true because adults have that too. But millions of American uh, adults and different people from around the world also suffer from the serious and potentially debilitating con condition. Most never seek help. Um, and our guest today aims to help that with uh, Dr. John Cruz is a neuroscientist, as well as psychiatrist and author of a book, Recognizing Adult ADHD. And then also what Donald Trump can teach us about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So I just want to definitely let you pay attention to this because I know a lot of you have inquired about this and been excited about this. And now Dr. John Cruz is here. So how are you, Dr. Cruz, and what's going on in that wonderful mind of yours? And especially when we hear Donald Trump, let's just get here. Okay. Delighted to be here talking with you today, Lex. And I'm just still so puzzled that Donald Trump every day is out there showing us his inattention, his impulsive tweets, his hyperactivity, unable to sit still. And yet when we're talking about his mental health, we're talking about narcissism. And I'm not saying there's no narcissism there, but there's so much that he's doing, so much of the chaos, so much of the impulsivity, so much of the inconsistency, so much they're not planning ahead that everyone describes when they're describing precedent, but they're not mentioning the ADHD, which is what's causing all these symptoms. Yes. So in some ways, he's both a poster boy for adult ADHD, but even more, he's a poster boy for my book. Because he's a poster boy for ADHD that's right in front of our face every day, day after day, and nobody's talking about it. No, nobody is. And you know, that's, that's something too, because I, I mean, from the way he does jump, people are just saying, oh, it's a billionaire thing. Oh, it's just how he is. And I'm like, it doesn't seem like that. Because even when he's talking, I looked, looked at a speech he had last night someone sent me over and I was kind of like he was just going on and randomly all over the place and I was like is this really happening right now about yeah narcissism and I'm just saying it I definitely felt that that's that's from having a very deep abusive connection with a person with narcissism and it is very real people very real yes yeah so what I tell people focus on the narcissism with Mr. Trump that if 
if you are only, I mean, narcissists want to be seen as all powerful, smart, clever, good people. They don't continually shoot them, shoot themselves in the foot by, again, blurting things out, saying inappropriate things, not planning for things that they were supposed to be taken care of. I'm not denying their narcissism is there. I'm just saying that that the ADHD actually pervades and affects everything this guy does, and he doesn't make any sense if you aren't aware of the ADHD. You're, you're not aware of why would he do this and then step on his own success here by doing that, and why does he always get off track, and why is he saying things that make himself sound stupid, like, you know, let's inject bleach to get rid of COVID. Yeah, Lights on it. that caught me off guard. I mean, yeah. like, when he said that, I was like, no way. I had to rewind that a little bit when he said, when that came well, out. And if you look at that, I mean, he said the next day that it was sarcasm, and then people beat up on him because, you know, when he's sarcastic, he's mean and sneering, and he wasn't sneering. If you misinterpret what sarcasm means and take it to mean I wasn't being serious, I, I think he's actually being truthful here. He wasn't throwing it out as a command to his followers, because when he does that, he speaks in two word sentences, you know, lock her up, build a wall, correct orders. <laughs> but when he's just riffing on ideas that some, you know, he half heard what one of his science public health advisors told him, something about UV, something about disinfectants, something about COVID, you know, he's, he's not processing it he's not attending and he's just sort of spitting it out there when it comes up do you i'm sorry might be fine if he wasn't the president of the united states but he was having a news conference you know telling us how we should be responding and preparing and dealing with this do you think though i mean like in in his world i i, I don't know i mean from i don't even think that donald trump actually thought he was going to become president um and, but then at the same time i think he probably is shocked that he actually became one but as far as like that goes with him not processing do you think that he actually is recognizes that there is something wrong with him but yet he feels he's too much of a definitely higher platform now to really address it because we have a lot of people here who who don't seek out help. And I was uh, speaking to Dr. Cruz uh, just previously, everyone, before we came on here um, live. And and don't worry, we still got your on, on demand and downloads. Don't freak out. But um, I was speaking about the platonic uh, kind of friendship that I had that was almost like a mother and child situation of my friend who was well into his 30s um, that had this for several years. And it was like, uh, I don't know how Milani or Milena Trump deals with hers or whatever it is, but it felt like it was purgatory in a different different way because they when they did get medication they were a normal person um just completely like quote what we call quote normal i know real normal is kind of far to exist but i mean they completely functioned they stay focused they were there on point and without it they completely were just like you said all over the place so you, you brought up a bunch of really good points and i'll try to get to them in some oh order. sorry about that <laughs> The first question is where one is, I can say definitively he has ADHD because of all of our mental health conditions. It's the one that is defined purely by objective behavior. So we don't need to know what his motives are. We don't need to know what he's feeling. We don't need to know his internal thought process. We can just see all these inattentive behaviors, all these impulsive behaviors, all these hyperactive behaviors. You only need five as an adult to meet the criteria, five of 18. He un questionably meets about 15, 16 of those 18. Wow. So so I want to be careful, though, where I'm talking. So I can definitively state that anyone who goes through the criteria, there's no question he has the condition. But on other areas where I'm speculating, I don't know whether he's aware of it or not. Um, yeah. Lots of people, certainly the older you get, too. I mean, you know, people are in their 20s, 30s, younger people, 
they've grown up in an era where there's more awareness of ADHD. There's more understanding. It can extend into adulthood. When I talk to people, and I'm in my late 50s, who are my age or older, even in the health professions, most of them still don't have a clue that adults could have ADHD. So there's there's sort of some cohort effect that we've learned more about it. It's more in the consciousness. But, you know, for Trump in his 70s, I'm not sure to what extent he's aware of it. Two, we know that ADHD itself impairs your own ability to know what effect you're having on other people. You know, people don't, with ADD, they don't know how often they're really intruding on others, interrupting others, getting off track, how often they're late, how often they're doing these things, because their own ADD makes them less aware, less able to monitor themselves. But jumping specifically, you touched on, you know, the ADD medications can make you more normal. And this may be the most loaded and provocative thing I'm going to say during the hour. I think we have really good, solid evidence that Mr. Trump does take stimulant medications at certain times. So, uh-huh. so how can I say this? Because I'm not his doctor. I'm not looking at his medicine cabinet. I mean, we do have reports from people who were on, on camera with him, on the, on the apprentice who were were you know, actors or people in the crew who have said he was snorting Adderall then. Yeah, I heard So there's that. a meme out there on the internet about him snorting Adderall and, you know, maybe all this sniffing, maybe all his weird mannerisms are signs of, of snorting Adderall. But what I said, and this, this starts back during the last election cycle, after his first two debates with Hillary, you know, people were still treating him as a complete joke that he couldn't string three sentences together that he had to act more presidential if the republicans were going to rally around him to win the election and in the third debate again whether you like his views or not at least for the first hour most of the reporters are saying wait a minute this guy's talking in full sentences this guy's sort of looking like a normal person and what i noticed is that in addition to speaking in full sentences and i went back and actually physically you know took the videotapes and measured it his gestures, his torso twisting, his head tilts, his walking around, dropped to a third of what they were in the first two debates uh-huh. at the same time. And again, since I had already assessed him as having ADHD, if you have ADHD and you focus on trying to control your speech, you know, maybe you can do that, but then your movements are going to go all over the place. Uh-huh. On the other hand, if you sort of sit on your hands and are trying to control your hyperactivity, your speech is going to be worse than I so he was doing both at the same time, you know, controlling his speech and controlling his um, physical manifestations of hyperactivity, which is extremely hard to do simultaneously. But the real kicker and the absolute physiologic proof is that his pupils were substantially dilated during that third debate. So if you look at his and Hillary's pupils' first two debates, they're both tiny little pinpoints, you know, covering maybe 10% of, their, of the pupil. Of uh, pupils covering 10% of the iris, the colored part of the eye. If you look at the third debate, Hillary's eyes are still pinpointed, still bright lights on the stage, and the lighting isn't changing. His pupils are covering about half of his eyes. And wow. there's only a few substances, and stimulant, medic- uh, you know, stimulant medications are the only ones I know of that in the setting of ADD will make your pupils dilated, will reduce your hyperactivity, and will enable you to speak in coherent sentences. And after I sort of put all those together, I went and looked because people were talking State of the Union. He also had huge dilated pupils. There's a few presentations like the State of the Union, like um, after we killed the leader of ISIS, Baghdadi, and he gave a speech about that, the Fourth of July speech, the Build the Wall speech. You know, when he knows there's a big audience that's not his base, 
where you have to come across as presidential and, and organize so much and read from his teleprompter with going, out going astray, he is taking stimulant medications because we can see compared to other things he's doing that same week, pupils are dilated, hyperactivity drops to a third, and the ability to speak in coherent sentences jumps from no ability to you know, fairly good at that. There's absolutely nothing other than a stimulant medication that could be doing that. Wow. So I don't know. I don't know that he's actually snorting Adderall. I don't know if it's Adderall. I don't know if it's Ritalin. I don't know if it's something else. And lots of people who are in this, you know, sort of watching him and commenting on, you know, he's snorting Adderall. He's snorting Adderall. They have it backwards because they are blaming his hyperactivity on, you know, his Adderall use. But it's completely opposite. It's oh. when his pupils are dilated. So what I've said is. Rather than riffing on his sniffing, we should be supporting his snorting. He's more functional. <laughs> I like that. Riffing on his sniffing and supporting. Well, I mean, it makes sense, though. I mean, it does. At least he's trying to come to some complacency in his mind. Yeah, so I'd say, again, whether even as if he's identifying it as ADHD or not, I mean, somehow he is getting stimulant medication, and sometime he's knowing that at certain important times he should be taking it. And the cool part is... All of us can look at him and tell when he's doing it. Yeah. He says, pupils are dilated. And I, you know, I think we should be out there saying, we want you on this every single day, not just, you know, for a few special events or occasions. He should be, you know, be able to be prepared and process information every day because who knows what surprises are coming up in the world. That is true. So what about a person who, well, well, I'm pretty sure all the, the people tuning in, and the ones that will be downloading to tune in. Um, so what about them asking about as far as uh, high stress positions, um, being able to be in that? Some people say they only feel, from the inquiries we've gotten from some of the emails, some of the guests have said, oh, well, I only feel these situations when I'm at work, or I only feel it sometimes. But I know what you mean about the dilated pupils, because uh, that was happening with one of my old friends. Like every time when he, when he had normalcy, it was his eyes were just huge. You know, like the, the inside of that pupil was just taking over yeah. like the full moon. And when he wasn't, it was like two little beady dots um, yeah. that were in there. And I was like, wow. So like when it took over, I mean, because for a while he couldn't get his medication. Um, and then all of a sudden he reverted to street. Uh, he couldn't get his Adderall. Yeah. I don't I think the doctors might have thought that. But I remember one time he had came back over to my house and I had asked him, why are you acting so chill? Like, this is not you. Usually you're overly... <laughs> I don't want to say fidgety because some people are just fidgety, but he was completely not uh, his ADHD adult self that I remember. And he was like, oh, I, I got so desperate just to, you know, be normal. I got high with my friend. And I said, hi. And I have found out that he had wasn't diving in uh, methamphetamine, which they say is basically the street drug of what some of the chemicals or compounds are. I don't know all the way people I'm just saying of, of Adderall. And he acted completely like you wouldn't even thought the guy was high. He acted like he had and like, common, he, yeah, common control, common control. Yeah. It was just, everything was his perception. It, remember that movie limitless that came out. It, it, it reminded me of that. It was like probably about several years ago, but it reminded me of limitless except for the whole, you know, making a million dollars in the stock market. It was just like a night and day. At that point, but can people still have, I know they're still trying to live lives, but a lot of them have expressed how difficult it is to keep themselves, you know, in a position to where they can finish, finish their work, let alone function in a relationship. Um, is that still possible, even if they're trying to still manage going without seeking help for ADHD? Well, so, so to try to explain that, 
I mean, I, m- I mentioned that our official criteria for ADHD are nine symptoms of inattention and nine symptoms of hyperactivity and impulsivity, but our much broader understanding of what ADHD is about is that it affects the executive functions of the brain. So how your brain controls and directs attention, how it sets priorities, how it plans, how it does time management, how it affects working memory, um, how you suppress impulses, how you monitor your own body, and how you regulate your own emotions. Wow. And and that's those are all an important part of life, but people can have other strengths. So one is intelligent is completely separate from ADD. So there's lots of really bright kids who have ADD, but they don't need to study for their tests. They don't even need to turn in their homework. They can ace the tests and do well in their school until it catches up to them. Or you know, someone, as you brought up, sort of being a millionaire and being rich, if you're rich enough, you can pay people to carry out your executive functions for you. You can have people organize your whole life. You, know, you couldn't keep on time yourself, but you have a secretary making a chauffeur to drive you places. You're not going to be late. You know, he, Very so true. Donald Trump, one of the things he's done is is um, he's had people take care of his... I mean, he's even bragged that he's never changed a diaper. So he delegated out executive functioning of being a father to his wives and his caretakers. He delegated, I mean, when he brags about his success in the real estate world, other than inheriting millions from his dad, and I mean, he didn't design the clever contracts where when things blew up and went bankrupt, everyone else got stuck with it, and he didn't, you know, he still got his money. Those are executive functions in terms of organizing how his business was laid out. Those are delegated to lawyers. Others did it for him. And again, even among his followers, the ones who think you know, he's done a wonderful job. Well, what has he done a wonderful job at? Stacking the courts with conservative justices. He doesn't even know the names of the people he put on the court. He no. didn't do that. He delegated that to Mitch McConnell and the Federalist Society and other people who are, and, you know, he signed off on it, but he wasn't inviting any of these people to know if they're qualified. No. So, so if you have money, if you have, you know, can hire secretaries, if you can have executive assistants to keep you on track, there are ways to substitute, you know, not having some of these executive functions in place. And that can carry you to a certain amount of success. And I'd say there, there are elements of ADHD that, that almost certainly contributed to Donald Trump's success. So people, even though some of us cringe when he just blurts out whatever it's at the top of his mind, there's a big segment of the population that likes that because he's being authentic. He's not being PC. He's really telling us how he feels at the moment. Yeah, very true. And they see politicians like, you know, Barack Obama or Gavin Newsom here in California who actually stop and think before they speak. And, you know, people who don't like politicians are saying, oh, if they have to stop and think, they're trying to hide something or cover something over. I like someone who just blurts at whatever they say. Yeah. yeah. I prefer someone who actually thinks, but but I can get (laughs) why it would be appealing. Well, that's true. Part of his appeal. That is very true. So the difference between, and this is something I have to say too. I know we had, uh, oh, what is it? Okay. So Anthony was saying, uh, Megan, and I think she's in Fort Myers, Florida. She had a question about, uh, what is the difference between ADD and ADHD? Megan, thank you for that question for Dr. Cruz, because I had the same question, Dr. Cruz. I mean, like in, in that way, in that way. Yeah. It's a good question. And I hear it a lot. And the, the simple answer is the official label for all of it by the I mean the American Psychiatric Association has a manual called the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. It is all considered ADHD, 
attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. But then we say there are two different types. There's a type that's primarily inattentive, and there's a type that's primarily hyperactive. But then we go and confuse it even more by saying, well, actually, two-thirds of people with ADD have a combined type. Both features have it. So there's there's still some people who use ADD to mean non-hyperactive ADD. That's sort of an informal usage. And actually, I mean, you'll hear me probably switching back and forth between the two with, you know, not thinking too much about it. What I've seen is most people identify, you know, the term they learned growing up or in training or when they were given the label themselves is what they tend to stick with. Um, so we used to freely back and forth, but officially it's, it's all ADHD right now. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? That's, I need a clarity. Thank you. I know I'm not going to suffocate Megan's question. It was, I definitely was asking about that myself. I, I had to know, and I'm, I'm thankful that you gave me clarity. Oh, us clarity on that as well. So Megan had uh, another question uh, for you, Dr. Cruz. And, oh, this is sent over from Tony. But okay. So her other question is, uh, she's been in a nine year relationship with her fiance. She says, quote, still fiance because he refuses to get help for his ADHD issues that are driving her nuts. So should she or a person stay in a relationship with someone who knows what they have, but yet, oh, okay, yet, does yet not seek help for their condition while driving her, quote, insane, she says. Okay. I mean, that's a loaded relationship issue. I mean, so I'll say a couple of things. A really good resource for ADHD in relationships, there's a book by Gina Perra, P-E-R-A, called Is It You, Me, or Adult ADHD? She also has an award-winning blog, and what she writes about primarily is actually the partners of the people with ADHD and the problems they face. So wow. that's a, a good resource, you know, hopefully for her. I mean, sometimes... It's a good match to have two people with ADHD in a relationship. Sometimes it's a good complementary match to have one person with ADHD and one without. In terms of getting her fiancé help, the first step I would take is trying to sort out why he's not. I mean, is he afraid of some bad outcome? Is he afraid of the label of ADHD? Is he afraid of being put on medications? Because although medications are the are, are what's been proven to work for a big percentage of the people and work quickly and dramatically. There are certainly non-medication approaches. There are medications that aren't stimulant medications that are effective. Um, but I would say for anyone who has it, the more they can learn about themselves and learn how their behaviors may be impacting those around them, the better off they can be. So there's also good you know, self-educational blogs. One of the, my patients' favorite is one called How to ADHD. It's a YouTube channel. Um, so, so I would start with trying to get him to educate himself more about what's going on with him and trying to get him to, to verbalize why, what it is that makes him reluctant. Oh, wow. And, and, and sort of going further, another piece of it is many people with ADHD are highly creative, are sort of quirky, are idiosyncratic. You know, they're not following the A, B, C, D linear order of things. And many of them worry, you know, if I were medicated, if I were, you know, if I stayed on time more, if I stayed on track in my conversation, is this going to make me a zombie? Is this going to take off away my creative spirit and my individuality? And the simple answer is I've treated hundreds of people with ADHD over the last two and a half decades. I haven't seen anyone have their creativity destroyed or lost by these medications. What they say time after time is that I'm still me, but now I can take my creative energies and be productive with them. I can get that statue 
you know, finished sculpting. I can finish that composition. I've been writing and, you know, for the symphony that I've been working with. I can finish my painting or my other artwork or finish the computer coding that I couldn't ever make into coherent problem or product because I kept getting off track. So, oh, okay. I see. And, and, and sorry. So, so then some of the reason or simple explanation why is that ADHD is not just a simple chemical issue. It has much more to do with how parts of the brain are wired together. It's, so it's a network system. And although medications can be powerfully helpful, they're never going to eradicate all of the ADD. Wow. That is so deep. Oh, you know what? And that's almost, uh, yeah. Okay. So stemming off of that. Um, I, and you know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I told Todd it would take a few questions, but stemming off of that, um, I was it Michael from Fresno, California. Hi, Mike. Um, has a question and he says, Dr. Cruz, will my kids inherit my ADHD? Wow. That's pretty deep. Yeah. And the simple answer there is it's what probably is the answer. So part of, I mean, the, the genetic connection and ADHD is bigger than the genetic connection in depression. It's probably at least as strong as the genetic connection in schizophrenia. Wow. Um, so, and this was actually an interesting part of how we finally started figuring out adults had ADHD. Is for years it was identified as a kid's disease and or, or condition. And the, the dogma was all kids outgrow it. But then people started noticing all these parents that are bringing their kids to the ADD treatment center are showing up late and getting mixed up, which is their appointment day, and confusing the medications, and showing a whole range of ADD behaviors themselves as adults. So, wow. I mean, it's, so it's, it, I mean, like everything in mental health or human nature, it's not complete genetics. It's not that if you have, it's not a single gene. It's, from what we know, hundreds of genes, each contributing a tiny, tiny part. But this does run very strongly in families. So there's a high likelihood that children of someone with ADHD will have at least significant symptoms on the ADD spectrum. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Wow. Well, Mike, I mean, or uh, Michael, I hope, I mean, I hope that does help with it because I was thinking that too. I'm like, okay, well, will it go, you know, pass on to the gene of that? Because, okay, so his second, and we're going to stop with Michael, but I mean, because I had a question too, I wanted to ask, but okay, Michael's last question is, okay, can it also be treated holistically for your child if they do show signs, AK, um, at a young age, AKA young age. Okay. So, holistically, so, I don't know if they can take chemicals. Obviously, you know that. I mean, like, take uh, the medication or whatever at a young age. Yeah, so one, I mean, this is one area in psychiatry and, and not too many others and even in general medicine where the, the medications have actually been studied much more extensively in kids than in adults. Um, again, partly because for years we only saw it in adults. I mean, sorry, we only recognized it in kids. So, again, the, the stimulants have been studied extensively in kids, and most kids can take them safely. On the other hand, I mean, we know that helping structure the children's environment, helping make sure bedtimes are regular, helping feeding times are regular, um, reducing the amount of junk food, making sure there's adequate exercise, making sure that there's time and space for relaxation and or meditation if they can do it. So exercise, meditation, dietary effects all seem to be somewhat helpful. Again, they're probably not going to eradicate the ADD, but if they help the kid function well enough that they're 
dealing well without medications, that's a course of action that's okay for some kids. Wow. So again, so so the diagnosis again doesn't lock you into you know having to take medications, but but still the the stimulant medications are what we have the strongest data for for efficacy for for being helpful. But again, that doesn't mean every kid or every adult has to be on them. No, absolutely not. So, it, so ADHD, it doesn't necessarily mean that someone can't like focus in on what they got to do. So, so when they have a diagnosis of it, it just basically lets them know what's kind of going on with why they are reacting the way they are or why they're moving around, uh, from it. So it's a chemical, is it not a chemical? You said not a chemical off balance in the, in the brain per se, but it's just more so of, um, well, yeah, I don't so, even know how to say it like you do. I can't articulate it the way you say it so elegantly. Well, well, so again, I mean, what we know is that the label is a pretty bad label. That, you know, it isn't about a deficit in attention because kids with and adults with ADHD are really good at focusing on what interests them. They just may not be that good at focusing on what's important in their lives. You know, so I have adults with ADHD who get 400 parking tickets. You know, they know Tuesday is streets cleaning day and they need to get out there to you know, move their car so it doesn't get a ticket. But, hey, there's cool cat videos on, or you know, they're listening to a podcast, or they, oh, forgot that they hadn't done the dishes, so they go and do the dishes, and then they're 20 minutes late moving their car. So oh. ADHD is, again, about executive functions of the brain, how the brain controls the flow of information into the brain and the flow of information out of the brain. So it affects oh, okay. how you pay attention, direct attention, maintain attention, but also how you organize information, how you prioritize information, how you do long-term planning, how you monitor your own body. You know, are you hungry now? Are you sleepy now? Did I, am I talking too loudly? Those are things people with ADHD are not as good at usually. Um, how they manage time and how they regulate their own emotions. Or, and everyone with ADHD doesn't have to have problems in every one of these, what are called executive functions. But usually they have deficits in multiple areas of what we call executive functions. Oh, okay. So, I mean, do you think, I mean, and that's actually a good question, but, I mean, do you, from your expertise and different things that you've got a chance to see over the decades and having your patients and, and talking to people, um, if President Trump was to come out and just be like, hey, I'm going to go get tested for it or admit to it or try to uh -huh. seek out what's going on with him, would it be better for people to be more of, okay, I'm going to come out now. Maybe the president's well, coming out with it on a huge platform. Let me just be open about what's going on with him. Uh, it, it, that sounds like a lead into my very book. <laughs> you know, I've been interested in adult ADD for 20-something years. During the last election, lots of my patients started, you know, when they'd see Trump, you know, jumping from topic to topic and wandering around the stage, they'd say, oh, my God, that's what I look like, don't I? He has ADHD. And I sort of, you know, thought it was a jokey thing at the beginning. And then I sat down and went through all the criteria and that he had it robustly. And while I was thinking about this, one of my patients, and yes, I'm in liberal San Francisco. This was actually a woman from the Central Valley. She's not politically motivated, but she said, you know, I know he has ADHD, and the most important, helpful thing he could do to, for me would be to come out about his ADHD. Oh, yeah. Because so many areas of her life, this is an extremely bright woman who had failed careers as an actress, as a veterinarian assistant, as a, a storage facility manager, as 
job after job after job and relationship, relationship after relationship because people would say she's bright, she's good looking, she's personable, and yet she'd be late. She'd get off track. She wouldn't get tasks done on time. And they'd say, oh, you're being lazy. Oh, you're being dishonest. Oh, you're being this or that without getting. You know, these weren't things she was trying to screw up on. This was because she doesn't stay on track with anything. Yeah. So, so her feeling was, you know, Trump coming out with ADHD, and that's the whole purpose of my book, is to use Donald Trump to educate people about ADHD. And then the secondary concern is using ADHD to explain to him. Because if you don't understand that part of him, the guy doesn't make any sense. No, no. And I think that's why he made sense to me. I mean, like, in a different way, okay, people, you can try to scorch me all you want. I'm ready for your 7,000 emails. So I'm just saying he made sense to me because I was used to seeing it face to face every day for several years. So, I mean, at the same time, when you have that, like you, like you have a very, very deep perception, plus you studied it down through it, and you're still moving on this journey with it and helping others. It's like literally when he was jumping from conversation to conversation, I was piecing it together. I hope I, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I just so, saw it. Well, what, what's funny about that, when my book was coming, came out last year, before it came out, I went to the annual meeting, annual psychiatrist meeting, which is in San Francisco. And I like to think I know the smarter, more intelligent, more perceptive psychiatrist. And at least half of the ones I spoke to when I mentioned my book sort of slapped their hand on their forehead and said, oh my God, you're right. He has ADHD. I hadn't even thought of it because I was so fascinated with his sociopathic tendencies or his narcissism or all what we call access to or characterologic aspects that they completely missed the ADD. And yet, again, this is not subtle. This is in absolutely every description of the man of how chaotic his administration has been, how he doesn't follow up on tasks, how he doesn't prepare for anything. You know, he, his advisors were begging him to prepare for the debates with Hillary. He didn't do any study. You know, when he flew to North Korea to meet with Kim Jong-un, there was no agreement in place. There was no, he, he just thought he could wing it and make a success of it. And people focused, oh, that's just narcissism. But no, a good narcissist plans ahead. They would have wanted success in these situations. Yeah. And this guy doesn't plan, and that's his ADHD. Man, that's so deep. Like, Dr. Cruz, you have no idea how... I mean, I know for, for you know, all the wonderful voices out there, I mean, especially Michael and different ones, Katie, all of them who have inquired about it. But, I mean, it gives me enlightenment, too, because, I mean, when you've been in a situation, I always had to ask myself, what am I doing wrong? I mean, am I helping this person? Am I bad? Because I was, I mean, I'm very, at the point, at that point, I was very clear-cut, concise, kind of strict. I was like a loving drill sergeant, they called me, where I was kind of like, okay, come on, it's time to fix the bed. And then I felt like, I'm like, oh my God, I feel bad. I'm talking down to this person. But then I was like, no, because I realized when I didn't say, I tested it out, Dr. Cruz. I tested it out for a couple of days. I didn't say a thing. I didn't say anything about, you know, picking up. I mean, this is a, you know, I think he was about 35 at the time. Um, I, I was like, okay, well, why don't you pick up uh, your, your video game, you know, controller? Uh, why did you, why you have food all over the counter? Come on, let's finish the dish. Remember, you're supposed to do this. So I had a whole itinerary for his whole schedule. Plus I had to do my schedule and he was like, I can't function because I have never got a chance to be consistent with my medicine ever since I got kicked off my insurance. I'm like, okay. But then it came to, you know, him being sent to a boy's home, different things happening and his teachers telling him he'll never amount to anything. And I just didn't know 
where to put it at. I, I was kind of like, was it the abuse that he went through, the psychological abuse? Was it the point that he just started going for a street medication instead of the doctor medications? I mean, it literally made me feel like I was in a whole alternate universe uh, for myself. And I, and I don't mean uh, anyone who's tuning in. I'm sorry. It does not. I'm not attacking anyone with it because I know I have family members with it. I don't even know if I have a little bit of it. I just have so much energy. <laughs> I'm just to the point where I, I kind of go in my little shell and become an introvert afterwards after a while to recharge my energy. But at the same time, it's like you, it, it just gets to that point where it's like building up as a momentum. And then it would just be freaked out. So I had went and traveled. I think I was going over to Washington for like probably about three weeks. And within that three weeks time, I left, I left with everything in place on point. It was scary. It was like leaving a child. I mean, literally, I felt like that at that point for his certain situation. I left him on his own. And by the time I got back, he had lost both of his jobs. The house was in disarray and the landlord had called me like, honey, I, you must be gone because it is a catastrophe over here. And I was like, what happened in less than two weeks? Like he completely broke apart the moment that I was not there to structure his day or kind of like tell him, hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to go to work. Hey, it's kind of like, and then job after job after job, he would come back and say, oh, the boss didn't like me. Then to have another job for, I think the only job he kept was three months consistently. And then that they had to travel from different places. And I was like, well, maybe there's some help here. But after that, it was just job after job, after job, after job, after job. And it was a, yeah, it, it was a spinning cycle to do that. So at the same time, when you, you get the concept of saying, the whole world is getting more ADHD kind of uh, mentality or attitude or kind of turning into that. Um, is that pinpointing just us being on social media kind of like cut, cut clear, concise about jumping from this conversation and this app to TikTok to Instagram to this conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, I mean, there's, there's measurements that, you know, what length of a scene in a movie people like has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. We have shorter attention spans. In the old days, they could see something on school slowly on the screen, but now we've been so programmed that, you know, 400 news feeds are coming into our brain at the same time, and you're expected not just to process, you know, to respond to each one of them, and, you know, they're geared to pick on the emotional themes, and you're being trained not to sit, pause, and deeply consider and put this in perspective and consider the context and the history and what it means. It's, no, respond to this because this is coming up next. You have to respond to that, 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 that. So what yeah. I say is that Trump is both the – I mean, Trump is completely inconceivable in a world where we weren't already becoming more ADD-like. You know, we would want leaders who can speak in full sentences. We would want leaders who can discuss their policy ideas. But he's not only the product of our ADHD world, he's part of what's driving us ever more ADHD-like, because he'll tweet out 400 different things a day, and people have to respond to him, because he's going to do another one in two seconds, and if they don't respond, they'll have missed out on that you know, strand of communication. That is so epic. I mean, like, this whole conversation is so, you know what, Dr. Cruz, please Definitely. Just just keep enlightening us because at this point, you've given me so much clarity. I feel greedy. I know this is going out to the masses and I love you all, but I'm saying I do feel greedy because I'm just like a school kid, like chomping at the bit for the teacher to t tell me what's been going on with how I couldn't find the answers into what was going on. And, and you know, and I'm just going to say from the brothers and sisters and the children and, and still teens that are behind those walls. What I do appreciate the most of just even having um, 
you know, one of my good, I call my good friends who have been locked away for about 18 years now, who'll be out in the next year. He's freaked out about the fast world he's walking into, but the conversation's so different, even though it's still inside of a quote, institutionalized mindset wall, it gets to the point of where they can slow down and process things. Whereas I was sitting there talking to my friend and she was like, okay, wait, wait, wait a minute. I just got a thing from Snapchat. Oh, wait, someone just Facebooked me. Oh, did it. And I'm like, wait a minute. What happened? And they're like, well, what would you do, Lex? Like, what is your favorite pastime? I said, my favorite pastime is writing, reading, or giving something to someone that can they can help. I said, that's where I slow myself down at. And I only look at those things. Like I told people, they're like, oh, you're not really a Facebook person. This I said, well, here's the thing. I don't mind putting a picture up every couple months. I don't mind putting up something every couple weeks. But you can find me on my downtime when I can't sleep at 11 p.m. <laughs> But I can't consume myself with it because I feel like my mind is exploding. And maybe my situation dealing with having my friend have that, uh, in my opinion, um, only my opinion, his severe ADHD. Like, I mean, it was, to me, it was severe. It got worse through the years, um, of what happened. And even to the point of where I had to like literally make him force him almost verbally to change his clothes. Um, to that point to where he didn't even care about going to the shower. And I was like, wow, this is getting crazy from five years to the, the last couple of years. I was like, wow, this, I have to tell, you know, but I realized at that point I couldn't help. I mean, like, I don't know what to tell people who say, Hey, Dr. Cruz, what should I do about my relationship? Uh, being with someone like that who won't get help. And I feel like I'm losing my mind. Is it a relationship at that point? I mean, like, even though we're not getting into like love and, and, and family, it's like, is it a relationship if you're becoming the caregiver to that person at that point, because you're finding yourself more in a society like ADHD and then still having a partner dealing with ADHD that's not treated? So I, I, I've had this conversation with two different people who are young people and in relationships and one of the things we talked about is, so one guy can't make it on time to any of his appointments, even though cocktail uh, things on zoom he's doing with his friends and we talked about whether he could get his wife to help remind him and then we wound up talking about he doesn't want her nagging him yeah but but his brain actually could use reminding and that it wasn't until he understood he had adhd and she understood he had adhd that they could be doing almost exactly the same thing getting her to remind him but if they're doing it in the framework of she understands he needs this because this is something his brain doesn't do well there's less resentment on her part there's less guilt and shame on his part it's just you know this is like an alarm on my clock but if it was you know, you're always being late and making us embarrassed and screwing up because of that and that's why i have to nag you about it then almost the same content you know the same reminder isn't just a reminder it's a nagging so this is where sort of understanding what, and you could decide, I don't want to be in a relationship where I have to remind my partner to do all this. I mean, that that's a separate issue. But if you can't even identify correctly what's going on, then there's no hope for sort of a pleasant, amicable solution to it. Wow. So, so part of my whole book, you know, it's titled Recognizing Adult ADHD, Deaf People Recognize It When It's There. And I'm not asking people to make diagnoses of themselves or their partner or their president or their co-worker, but it's more in the service, you know, we've taught people the signs of a heart attack or the signs of a stroke, so you get to a hospital on time and you get to the professionals who can treat it. So this is to make more people aware of the 
broad range of potential symptoms for ADHD. So if they think that's what's going on, they can go to a mental health expert who can evaluate and check it out and discuss the different options with them. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they need and we needed to have a refreshment of what was going on. Because that, I mean, people like it or not, that is a clarity level to where it's not very... I mean, it's not very clear open. Like I used to hear about it years ago, like ADHD, different ones going on. And my my nephew, uh, I think his doctor has said something about he's growing out of it or grew out of it. Now he's about 14, but he had, um, I think, oh, autism. So obviously it's a different scale, but at the same time, I started hearing more about autism speaks, autism. And I'm like, what happened to ADHD? Because I see it so many times. And even my other friend, his his little sister, I mean, even at 18, she just had the hardest time dealing with it and, and constantly but when she had her medication she was completely i mean the wonderful girl that she was you know and and all of a sudden when you, she didn't have it oh it was you definitely knew i mean it was to the point where it was a teacup thrown across across the wall it was yeah. just that point and she had it like and plus her own personality mixed in with it oh i mean i was <laughs> I was running I was running one important aspect of this stimulants that they're not only tools that are effective for helping with the concentration and the cognitive and the thinking aspects of ADHD, but for those who have emotional dysregulation, stimulants actually help them to control their own emotions better. So that, you know, some people are thinking, you know, my God, my kid's irritable and at times violent and hyperactive and and I'm going to give him speed? Isn't that going to jack him up more or make him more emotionally volatile? And And the answer is, you know, several studies have looked at it pretty rigorously, and the same emotions, which, you know, if they're too big a dose, they can make anyone edgy and, and amped up. But with someone with ADHD, if they're in the right dosage range, they can help with focus and attention on cognitive tasks and also with control of emotions and the feeling realm. You know what? I understand why someone as special as you got into this because you i mean there's certain people that are just called for a calling i mean there's just individuals and i'm not saying that people out there can't pursue something that never was quote something there but you can tell how in delve like you're deep into helping those and, and kind of getting through that whole mental blockage that people say that they're in like recognizing adult adhd and it is true what donald trump can teach us about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder why because he's on a public platform and then we can see him all the time doing it and like you yeah. said that lady has said man he reminds me of myself that's what i look like yeah. sometimes you need a reflection in the mirror to show you what you're dealing with i mean really yeah so this isn't the label to make people feel bad or ashamed or this is to help with understanding and to suggest what may be effective interventions treatments approaches to dealing with it yeah. And that's what I love about the approach. It's like, okay, well, you know, it, it gives people attention because right now that is what's going on. It is when you put in anything, when you wake up in the morning, it's going to be about Donald Trump. But here's the thing. You're recognizing something and we're recognizing something that's going on with him that he may be aware of or not himself. And then we can see it in each other. Just like people watch the TV show Biggest Loser. Oh my gosh, look at these people losing this weight. I look like this person. Or look at this person who's obsessed over gardening. My garden looks just like hers. I'm, I'm just like her i'm obsessed over tulips you know like, <laughs> whatever it might be there's some comparison yeah. to the things going on uh with those things and i just want to say i'm happy 
that you got a chance to come on here with us and share those deep insights, Dr. Cruz. I like, I like saying Dr. Cruz. It just, it kind of just chills when you're saying a little bit on here. So is there anything that you want to leave off with? Uh, all the RDDC families and the new ones and new people that are coming in from all over the world uh, That before we get off of this segment. I'm just to summarize again that, that my book's trying to help people be more aware of ADHD. It's not trying to force you to diagnose friends or neighbors or child children or, or parents, but to give you some idea of what's going on and to have that person seek appropriate help for sorting it out and that there are a range of treatment options for help with people with ADHD. So I mean, that's one of the nice things. This is highly treatable. Yeah. And then it says recognized. And then you still have people, uh, wonderful people in their yeah. industry, in their field, like uh, Dr. John Cruz, who specializes in it and, and definitely deals with it head on, you know, every day and get some clarity about what's going on. So I, we want to say, I mean, the six of us here, we want to say thank you, Dr. John Cruz, for being on here with us. And you're going, well, everyone who's tuning in now, later, downloading, whatever it might be, you can also find uh, Dr. John Cruz's information and his bio and just goodies over at realdoubledosechannel.blogspot.com, a dedicated blog just for him permanently on there. And you can also, in the meantime as well, uh, email Dr. Cruz, and that is at doccruz at gmail gmail.com that's d-o-c-k-r-u-s-e at gmail.com and also go to www.drjohncruise.com and if you have help with the cruise that's k-r-u-s-e.com dr cruise so we want to just say (laughs) i'll I'll just throw in the the books on amazon it's on from barnes and noble it's on smashworks for independent booksellers that's available at libraries that can at least get an electronic copy to you there's an audiobook version so it's oh yeah it's available in lots of formats lots of formats people you can put it in your little mp3 your earphones you can have it there and if you really want to seek it michael all those are there who had the live questions and so forth don't be afraid to come out more all those who are out there who are afraid to be diagnosed at something at some point in your life if people have to be coming out about their diabetes uh cancer diagnosis different things going on with them um you know just melanoma everything from under the sun don't be afraid to come out with this and live more peaceful knowing that you can have someone and have some kind of roadmap into getting help with this and and organizing your life the way you know it can be instead of being miserable every single day with something you feel like you have no help about but you have to speak up and come out about it at least to yourself first and get the the first step in the right direction so i will say that you know but yeah so thank you dr john cruz for being on here with us everyone we want to say thank you for being here with us again and remember you can always Always come back, Dr. Cruz, if you want us to cruise down that avenue and learn some more with you, whatever you want. I'm I'm game. I'm game for learning more and putting that into the universe and helping those out there and helping my own clarity for the seven years of, of questions I've had that I never got answered until today. Um, so I'm thankful for that. And I'm thank- we're thankful that you're here. So all those, again, you can check out Real Double Dose Channel at Yandex.com. That's Y-A-N-D-E-X.com and Real Double Dose Channel.blogspot.com. And remember to go to www.drjohncruz.com and remember to be the change, feel the passion, embrace the power of the spirit, hashtag speak up and make the change of your life the best one. And we'll be back with you very, very, very soon.